Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of my Father's hand. The Father and I are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Have you ever been in a room after someone has died? I remember walking into it for the first time last summer during my chaplaincy internship in a hospital in Vermont. I walked into a room where family and children gathered around a bed and wept over a body of their loved one. Children who could not understand why their father was gone. Sisters wrecked with guilt not able to comprehend how he could be alive one moment and the next dead. Perhaps on our fourth celebratory Sunday of Easter, I should not be stuck on this vision of death, but it is such a palpable, palpable reality of the human experience of ours. Death conflict, violence in physical and systemic forms. And furthermore, I am held captive by this image we are presented in our reading today, which is anchored around death. In this rather unfamiliar story from the book of Acts, from our first reading, It takes place after the ascension of Jesus, and the disciples are traveling around, preaching and serving, when Peter is called to the home of the disciple Tabitha. Tabitha, who has just recently become ill and died. When Peter arrives, the mourners take him to the upper room where Tabitha's body has been washed and laid out, and the friends of this charitable and devoted woman are gathered around her body, weeping and showing Peter the works of her hands, in remembrance, showing him garments that she has made for them, signs of her life, a life steeped in love and tender service to others. Grief has struck and stuck these mourners in a kind of suspense, wondering, how does life go on? And two, if we go to our gospel reading from John today, those that question Jesus are also stuck, their minds suspended between doubt and hope. 
our lectionary throws us back prior to Jesus' passion when he's walking in the temple. And those gathered there are questioning who he really is. What is his identity? For the Jewish people, amongst the harsh realities of the Roman Empire, they are looking for a messianic figure, one that is royal, political, and powerful. And they've seen Jesus' healings and witnessed his radical ways, and they want to know now if Jesus is it. I imagine they are tired of guessing and tired of waiting to know for sure. For some translators suggest that when they ask Jesus, how long will you keep us in suspense? It might be better translated as, how long will you keep annoying us? Sort of the feeling you get when you've been waiting too long for the punchline of a joke. Perhaps a cruel joke that sometimes our lives sort of feel like. For we watch our physical bodies give way to time, disease, and violence. And we experience weeks of overcast skies when it's supposed to be finally time to soak in the sunshine that will make us feel alive again. We work and work and work in jobs that do not nourish our souls. And right now, in the wake of this week's news of the Supreme Court draft opinion concerning abortion rights, we feel the weight of wondering how this may affect us and how this may affect those we love. We feel the weight of injustices at the hands of policies and policymakers who are supposed to be taking care of and tending to our communities. We may wonder aloud, God, how long will you keep us in suspense? God, how does life go on? Like those in our gospel story today, maybe we're at the point where we just want plain and direct answers. We're tired of waiting. But instead of speaking plainly or offering a political leader for those gathered in the temple that day, Jesus, in typical Jesus fashion, responds to those who have questioned his status by continuing a metaphor. The metaphor of the good shepherd. The good shepherd who guides his sheep, whose sheep know his voice, who tenderly sets a table for them and anoints their heads. And Jesus, Jesus offers us this example of a good shepherd because it is rich with allusions to his identity and his relationship to the Father. Because Jesus continues, the Father and I are one. There is no differentiation. And this union that Jesus speaks of between him and the Father is not only some Christological, Holy Trinity, three-in-one Godhead. No, this union is made dis by distinctly mutual mission and ministry. 
That is to say, it is impossible to distinguish God's works from Jesus' works, for they are one in the same. Works of service to those most vulnerable, most grief-filled, and of course, most loved by God. Peter, in our story from Acts, he knows this, he understands this ministry, for he has finally come to the realization that he cannot simply continue fishing after an encounter and calling with the resurrected Christ. Life must move forward towards something bigger, towards something beyond comprehension. Resurrection. He must go out and spread the good news of the gospel. Peter must continue tending to all those that Jesus called beloved, bringing more into the fold simply by ministering to their bodies, their hearts, and their minds. In this story, Peter does more than raise Tabitha from the dead. Peter shepherds the mourners around Tabitha's bed, shepherds them from focusing on the works of her hands to the works of God's hands, from enduring loss to enduring life, from grave suspense to eternal hope. Like Peter, this is what we are called to as an Easter people, baptized into the body of Christ. The water has marked us, united us, and claimed us. Christ the Lamb has conquered death, and that changes everything. In his victory, like in the vision from Revelations, we gather around and sing praises to God. And with such a fire of new life in our midst, practically burning on our skin, how can we help but act in love toward all those around us? For this is what it means to be in union with God, to be one in God's ministry of love. And so my hope today is that we as ones anointed with the waters of baptism embrace this baptismal call to shepherd one another through this crazy life toward the joy that is Easter, a joy and hope we carry in our hearts and on our hands every day of our lives, a joy and hope that shows us just how life can go on. Amen.